Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. The information in this podcast is provided for education and research information only. It is not a substitute for professional health advice. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick, your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Welcome everyone, I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is the Kick Pregnancy Podcast for 2024. It's it's (laughs) great to be back, I'm excited. Yes, Um, poor old Pat, uh, you're a little bit snuffly again, aren't you? I think like uh, hay fever again today. Are you just allergic to coming and recording the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I think, well, it, it happened this morning when I was seeing my last couple of patients and the dad of the new baby and I sneezed at the exact same time. <laughs> so that can't be a coincidence. It must be a hay fever. Yeah, something that happened in the, ho- in the house. See, we do spend a lot of time at our clinic, but it's definitely not our it's house. It's not our house. We don't live there. <laughs> was that that tiny little baby that came in last? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was such a little poppet. Um, yes, I said hello to that little baby, gave it a little stroke on the head and gave it an electric shock at the same time. <laughs> One of those static shocks. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway. Baby coped well. Yes, the baby coped well. So did the parents. So thank you, parents, for not wigging out. Um, so, yeah, first episode back for 2024. But um, I just wanted, Pat, it might be we are starting a lot later than what we intended. We thought we'd be back in January. Uh-huh. Um, it's it, now February. It's now February. Uh, sorry, sorry about that, everybody. Um, but, you know, as a mum, I ended up taking six weeks off because for our family, it's been just a massive summer, hasn't it? Yeah, huge and sort of time of change. Our second yeah. boys finish year twelve, and our youngest two boys are uh, um, move schools. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been a, a intense time. And throw in um, the second boy with his VCE results and getting into the uni, and yeah. you know, it's I just needed to be at home, um, and everything at the clinic went well. Didn't need me. <laughs> <laughs> I may have made myself redundant there. so Sweet. Sweet. Anyway, and tonight uh, we've got another big family event. Oh, 18th birthday party. Yep. With 80 teenagers in the backyard. Yep. Oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a very uh, parental hands-off party. In fact, I said to Ronan um, later on in the night, can I come and check out the de- DJ and have a little bit of a dance? What did he say? Absolutely not under any circumstances. <laughs> did it, it, he did. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. All no, right. it's not. I'm so still we going can just the... we're just on the door and that's it. Yes, I don't even think we're on the door. Like collecting the cover charge. That's it. <laughs> cover charge. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds old guy, doesn't? <laughs> oh dear. Um, just a segue. But I said, oh, does that mean that I'm a door bitch? Do you know that term? I'm familiar with the term door bitch, yes. yes. but it might be our generation because oh, he had right. no idea no, oh, really? yeah, Didn't what know I was what talking was. about. Mm. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe it's like politically incorrect. 
probably be this. <laughs> anyway. We're what are get... we talking about today? Well, first episode back, I thought we could talk about first period after your baby. Nice. Yeah. Nice uh, segue. Nice segue. Thanks. Um, because it's a big time, isn't it? Like, you know, a lot of people are so unsure of what's going to happen and what to expect and then, you know, then it might come in in a hell of a hurry and, yeah, all of that we're going to cover. Yes, good. And, it, I mean, yeah, that's right. For, for, I mean, for everyone, it's been at least nine months since yeah. I started period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but first, you know, in our break, everybody's still so kind and we've had so many lovely DMs basically saying, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> come back. Come back. But I just thought I'd share this one with you that we got a couple of weeks ago. Hi, Dr. Pat and Bridget. I wanted to say a big heartfelt thank you for the amazing work you do through your podcast. I had my baby boy in December and he is now a wonderful, thriving six-week-old. I listen to your podcast all through my pregnancy and as a health professional myself, I really love the way you provide information that's both evidence-based and compassionate and encourages the patient, or listener in my case, to be at the heart of the decision-making. I often heard you say that the key to a positive birth experience is being informed and I'm here to say that that is absolutely true. Nice. There were so many things during my labour and delivery that didn't go according to plan and many moments where the doctors had to intervene or I had to make a quick decision about an intervention, which wasn't part of the original birth preferences. But it was because of your podcast that I was able to stay calm and focused in those moments and felt like I was able to make an informed decision. Despite what could have been a very stressful labour, I look back at this birth as a truly positive experience. I'm so happy I found your podcast. Please keep doing what you're doing and making a difference to so many women out there. Oh, isn't that? That's brilliant. Yeah. And she sent a little photo of her baby too. So, um, Oh, nice. Yeah, we might post that. She gave me permission to post it. So uh, yeah, it's, we love it. We love hearing and seeing our, um, shall we say, the kick babies. Like, Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> and, and, and the point that she makes there is exactly the one that is dearest to our hearts and that is that, that being informed – is so important, mm. and then she was, at, at, and then she went into. We don't know the details, but she went into a labour that didn't turn out how how it was planned or best case scenario, and yet she felt through being informed and being aware of what might happen, and that the common interventions that might be recommended in those circumstances, that she found that less stressful, mm. and was able to go. Okay, I've heard of this. They're probably going to advise this. They did advise that it went well. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, that's brilliant. That's what we're here. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. So thank you, uh, Poster, for taking the time to send that in. All right. Your first period after birth. I'm sure our producer's loving <laughs> loving this topic. <laughs> oh, they're you. they're, <laughs> they're used to it. Hearing all these things. Okay. I thought, actually, what we might do, because it's all a bit confusing, I thought we could start by talking about the bleeding that happens just post-birth. Yep. Yep, the lochia. The yep. lochia. Okay, yeah. well, what, what does lochia mean and what does it look like? And- well, well, that's the sort of uh, mixture of uh, blood and mucus and little, at the start a little bit of leftover amniotic fluid and that, that, that comes out vaginally in the, in the days and weeks following the birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, of course, normal. It's highly variable. Some people get almost none. Some, some people get lots. Um, so we have this... Uh, um, way there are kind of uh they're not there's not a strict normal and abnormal there's just that over the first six weeks following the birth we would expect that um the amount um of uh, bleeding would be less with each uh, passing day right 
And it starts off from memory, uh, quite red. Yeah. Um, and moves to sort of like a brown spotting, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's that's just as the volume goes down. So the red blood at the start is just kind of fresh blood, and then you tend to get less and less. You might have a little bit of little bit of uh, ups and downs, but basically the amount that you get in week five ideally is is less than you had in week four. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sound like my mum here. That um, you feel a bit trussed up like a chook, really, because you've got you you always have to wear a maternity pad and yep. like it. it, it I'd, Especially at the start, yeah, and it's uh, you know then that's all that's all sort of um, you know an expected part of um, of vaginal birth, and it's not just vaginal birth; you'll bleed vaginally after a cesarean section as well. Yeah, well, mine were caesars, and yeah. So is it is the amount of bleeding about the same, or uh, it, it's about the same? The difference is that the person who the woman who had the vaginal birth may also have some bleeding discharge uh, ooze from a tear. Oh, okay. From a repaired tear. Yeah, right. Um, so it might be a little bit different for her. Whereas the woman who had the cesarean section, um, her scar is not in the vagina, it's up on the uterus itself. Um, so it, it might be a, a little different. Right. And I know that we've covered this in another podcast, but maybe worthwhile talking about again. What happens, what's abnormal bleeding just post-birth that we should be worried about? Uh, it's nice when It's nice when the volume is less than uh, the worst day of a normal period. Yeah. And you might, that might not be achievable on day one and two. But if someone rings me at day seven and says, look, I'm worried about how much I'm still bleeding, I'm not worried about anything that is less than the volume of a bad day of a period. Right. Yeah. For that person. For that person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, for that person. Um, and then the other things, if we're really worried about uh, the volume, um, then, then the thing we're actually concerned about is infection. Mm. And this used to be a massive problem for humanity uh, before the last few hundred years when they invented, uh, um, you know, sterile care in hospitals and doctors started washing their hands and little, little interventions <laughs> like that uh, and uh, and uh, antibiotics and so forth. But but uh, pu- what used to be called puerperal sepsis, which was an infection after having a baby, was a massive problem for humanity and a, a cause of, of countless deaths. Mm. Um, so um, uh, we, we still take a post-baby infection very seriously. And one of the ways in which that might present is bleeding that was fine and then suddenly goes the other way. Right. It becomes heavier. And often, thankfully, that's also associated with other signs of infection like a fever or feeling like you've got the flu and then the, the, the penny drops and we realise, well, what's, what's wrong with that person and, and, and treat, them, treat them quickly. Mm. And I think we talked about that in depth in the retained in the placenta episode. You know, we were talking about retained placenta. Yes, because that that is typically associated with retained products of conception, but not always. Right. So you can have an entirely complete placenta and an empty uterus and still get infected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's just one of the things that Mother Nature's not terribly good at because yeah. you've got a a vagina that's full of normal bacteria. An inside of the uterus that is a sterile space and a cervix which has just been open. Yeah. And the germs can get through. Yeah. And then, you know, we all want that cervix to close. So Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, that, but it doesn't close like it doesn't close yeah. like a bank vault door, you know. No, it, it, no. So it's always after a vaginal birth it's always a little bit uh uh less tight for mm. forever. Mm. Um and uh and germs can get from the vagina 
into the uterus. And that might be something that it, that that if you haven't recently had a baby is something that could try and happen. A germ could be, try and get through the cervix, but it's never going to set up an infection in a in a normal. Uh, uterus, but if you've just had a baby, the interior lining of the uterus might be uh, inflamed, mm. and that's a perfect place for a, a, a germ to set up residence. Mm, well, it's been a big event. That's right. Yeah. All right. So now I want to move on to maybe talking about the um, uh, first period yep. because it's confusing. Say if you've had that lockier bleeding um, up until, say, four or six weeks or something. Yep. When is it a period and when is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the thing that, that's gonna that's going to uh, define the first period is is that it's it'll come and then go, mm-hmm. like a period does. Um, whereas the rest of the bleeding tends to be kind of continuous, although ideally in a decreasing volume with passing weeks. Uh, and uh, you know, sometimes we don't know whether whether this is um, some heavy postpartum bleeding or a period. Um, but one thing's for sure, when the period starts, um, there are a number of things we need to, to acknowledge about that. And, and, and the first is that it might indicate the return of fertility, mm. especially in somebody who is not breastfeeding. And uh, that's probably the, the clinical scenario in which it most commonly comes up, to be honest. We get a phone call or we'll discuss it at the six-week check and someone will say, I, just, I had this, what I thought was a normal period last week, could that be right? And the answer is yes, of course it could be. Mm. And that that leads on to a a, a timely discussion of uh, of um, postpartum contraception. Yeah, yeah. That was the case for me. Um, even though I was exclusively bread, breastfeeding, I think that I just, I don't know, like the breastfeeding was always a struggle, like for me to produce enough milk. Maybe, you know, the hormones weren't there to really shut down my um menstrual cycle but that was that was always the big thing i'd i'd, I'd be bleeding for four weeks and then kapow yeah <laughs> back having my period and i'm like why damn it <laughs> it's uh that was a bit unfair and i'd still be breastfeeding and actually that's a different question but you know i myself and the baby would struggle during my period yeah. with, with breastfeeding as well and breastfeeding helps like a lot of women with um who are breastfeeding full-time mm. have got what's co- called lactational amenorrhea so no period on account of breastfeeding yeah and um that's really nice when it happens and if you breastfeed for a year and a half you might not have a period for a year and a half that's perfectly normal mm. yeah um and if you're not breastfeeding for whatever reason it doesn't matter the um the period will come back sooner yeah I want to talk about the shock that some women have when they finally do get their first period back after baby because some people report that it can be a lot heavier and a lot clottier. You're listening to The Kick with Dr. Pat and Bridget. How many times have you Googled something about your pregnancy? When I was pregnant all the time, Dr. Pat. (laughs) We get it. You may be confused or overwhelmed. It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. 
Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, So you could be pre-pregnant in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home. And you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, an anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? A pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you, come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. Yeah, I think the first one or two probably for sure. And I think, I, I mean, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but it, it may be that the, it's just because at the start the uterus is still big. You know, right. after the baby and the placenta come out, the uterus doesn't, the uterus clamps down, um, but it doesn't clamp down to its uh, non-pregnant size and shape. That takes a few months. Right. Yeah. So I wonder whether some of those first two periods, uh, first few periods might be uh, heavier just because the uterus is bigger uh, in the same way that a woman in her late 40s with a big uterus from fibroids has heavy periods. Why? Because there's more surface area? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so I think I think that's a um, a plausible explanation for that. So, um, for people that do get those big, heavy periods, are uh, blood clots n- normal? Yeah. Because yeah. that can be really distressing. Yeah, of course, it would be it would be distressing if you'd never had that before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And, and some people think that maybe this is my lot in life from now on. No, it'll go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. In the vast majority of cases, it'll go back to normal, and uh, so those clots are are acceptable in the first few periods. Um, in particular, if there's no evidence of infection, so no fever, not un, not unduly painful, don't feel like we've got the flu all over, muscle aches and pains, that sort of thing. Then the heaviness by itself is not is not um, a, um, a, a problem in particular. Yeah. Right. And what about like? Is it true or false that you can wear a tampon or use a tampon in the first period? I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's a problem at all. Oh. Um. Uh. As long as the um. You know. You don't still have stitches. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. It might be much easier to use a, a pad than a tampon if you've got if you've still got healing stitches in the vagina. So, Patty, can you use a tampon in that first period? I don't think that would necessarily be a problem. I'm, I've read I've read that people say you shouldn't, but I, I'm not sure there's a lot of science behind that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, lots of people who've had a vaginal birth have still got healing stitches at that stage. Right. And it's probably much nicer to use a pad than a tampon. Yeah. Good. Um, and when somebody – when should they expect for their period to become regular? Because they might have a period in six weeks, but then is it likely that they would have a period in four weeks' time? Like it would – Return to normal? Yeah, so a period coming in four weeks' time is a sign that ovulation has come back. Right. Remember from the you know menstrual cycle diagram, it's ovulation on day 14 and a period comes at the end of the month because you ovulated. And uh, you're somewhat unlikely to be ovulating regularly in the months following childbirth uh, unless you uh, – sorry, if you're full-time breastfeeding it because the, the breastfeeding effect inhibits ovulation. So the bleeding that that person might get could be irregular, just like someone else who didn't ovulate, like someone with polycystic ovaries or something, might have irregular bleeding. Uh, 
If it's come back and it's come back regularly, it's because you are ovulating, which takes us back to that issue of fertility is returned. Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever had an experience in in practice where someone had predictable regular periods? Yes. And then they had their first baby. Yeah. And then their their periods went a little haywire after that, not just through breastfeeding or whatever. Do you always go back to how you were before babies? Yeah, you pretty much always go back to where you were. But there are some people who say after my baby, the period just never came back normal. And I don't think that's the pregnancy. I think that, that there's something else going on. Right. So the typical situation, if someone had nice normal periods and then had a pregnancy and then the period was all over the place and, and the ovulation wouldn't come back, would be significant weight gain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that person might have ovulated at, at a healthy body weight and if they've gained a lot of weight through the pregnancy and the breastfeeding period, then maybe at that body weight they don't ovulate and suddenly the cycle's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> well, there's a there's a there, that scenario is unlikely to be just due to the pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. Nature wants you to have another pregnancy. Yeah, so there's probably something else going, something else that's intervened. Mm. Yeah. All right. So for people who perhaps uh, have just had their baby, what is your biggest tip? I know at six weeks you always talk about contraception, but yeah. you know when should somebody be looking for contraception? I think that. Not many people are returning to intercourse in the first six weeks. Yeah. It's reasonably uncommon uh, from what they tell me anyway. Uh, so I think the six-week check is the time to make a proper uh, proper contraceptive contraception plan. And I think before then, uh, keeping a re- there, there aren't any really strict rules about how much bleeding there is. But what we're in, really interested in is, is it getting roughly less with each passing week? Yeah. And is the volume, give or take, better than the bad day of a normal period for you? Yeah. Good. And then just wait until your actual first period arrives. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that might be, that might not happen until you finish breastfeeding 15 months later, mm. or it might happen in the first cycle after the first month after the baby comes. Yeah. Well, we've answered all my questions. Good. That about a first period oh, after the baby. Best ones. <laughs> I'm sure others have got some more. So if you do, then just. DM us. Yeah, if we've missed something, yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah, we love those. Um, and we're going to go back to the myth or fact. Oh, good. I love myth or fact. <laughs> Great. <laughs> now, we've done this one before. Oh, oh, too easy. Too easy. But I'm doing it again because if somebody picks up the podcast and all of a sudden they're wondering about the first period after your baby, I'm thinking they're pretty close to having the baby. Okay, good. All right. So this has come up because I've seen it again in the socials. Ah. Yeah. Your baby's movements slow down towards the end of pregnancy. Is that a myth or a fact? I think it's a myth. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's an, I think it's a myth and I think it's a bad one. Yeah. So um, your, your baby's movements should not slow down towards the end of the pregnancy, but they may well change in character and that's okay. So uh, and sometimes that might be what people mean when they say the movement's really changed. Like I, I got uh, less big violent kicks and more wriggles, pivots, um, and, and, but, but the, the number of times you're, a day your baby says, I'm in here and I'm fine, that's not supposed to change. Yeah. 
uh, and I, I think to, to, to think I can go all day without a fetal movement just because you're at the end. Yeah. I, I, I think that's really false and, and uh, not at all what we, what we should be telling people to expect. Mm. Uh, that needs a phone call yeah. uh, to, your, to your care providers. Or at the very least, you've got to, start, you've got to try and provoke the movements yourself. So a glass of ice cold water, cold shower, uh, get into bed between cold sheets, whatever normally used to make the baby move. You do that thing mm-hmm. and see if the baby responds. And if baby doesn't respond, you never go to sleep on absent fetal movements, call your care providers. Mm. And I love that example that you've used in the past where you say, like, just think of yourself. If you're sick, how yeah. often are you moving? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Health, if, you're, if you're moving around, if you're healthy, you move around. Yeah. And imagine how sick you would have to be to never move. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, you know, some babies are tricky. Mm. And uh, um, that, that poor patient doesn't think baby's moved all day. And then they ring up the labour ward at 11 o'clock at night going, look, I'm really worried. And we just come straight in. And they come out. It's pretty cold in Ballarat in July. And they come out. The first thing they do is they hit the cold air on the way to the car. Baby yeah, wakes yeah. up, moves around. <laughs> I said the baby's well. <laughs> crisis averted. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but responding to decreased fetal movements at term is our only good defence against the, the phenomenon of babies getting really sick towards the end. And one of the very few things we can do to avoid term stillbirth. Yeah. Uh, so we've been working on things like picking up growth restriction, uh, treating um, uh, preeclampsia aggressively, uh, treating diabetes properly. Um, but there's only so much we can do. We need the the woman, the pregnant woman, as part of the team, to let us know when there's a problem. And we certainly don't need our top media influencers saying that your baby's slowing down because they're conserving energy for the birth. Complete rubbish. No, please don't listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, com- complete rubbish. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes zero physiological sense. Mm. So if you were going to do a marathon on a Tuesday, to stay in bed all day on a Monday to conserve energy will not help you one cracker. No. And that's just, that's that, that argument's just as silly as that one. Yep. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you, Pat. Good, good. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. We've got so much in store. Um, I'm really super excited. We've got um, some more guests coming on. We've got some great, you know, Q&As. Keep your questions coming in on the speak pipe. Um, Head over. Yeah, We've got some exciting guests. I'm uh, I'm excited. There's uh, some really good people uh, coming on to and uh, broaden our focus a little bit. Lots of great stuff in, in store. Yep. So we still love it when you send in what topics you want um, and head to Instagram, which is just the Kick Pregnancy Podcast, to throw us a follow. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Brilliant. Right, everyone. Have a good week. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Bye.